the other thing that gets me about jujitsu, and maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong about it, is I feel like like somebody's just a glob of someone's sweat is gonna land oh, in my yeah. mouth. Oh yeah. Oh no. He's... And I I just I don't know how I would handle that. Oh no, you're accurate. You're very accurate. Yeah. You you you. Just, yeah. I'll tell you what. You forget about it, and it doesn't matter to you anymore. Once that first sweaty rash guard oh. goes across your face, like in a long cane poly, oh, and you're just Jesus. like, you're just, and, and there's nothing right. you can do because he's got you pinned, and you're just like, oh. zips my left right now. <laughs> and I pay a monthly fee to it's go to this gym like, every month. Oh. Welcome, welcome everybody back to another episode of the Handsome Home Buyer Podcast. My name is Charles, aka the Handsome Home Buyer, formerly Captain Permit, but we still love him. 516-513-8838. And obviously this podcast and every other is sponsored by Cardinal Financial. Sal we love him at a patchog. If you need a loan, if you're a realtor, if you're an investor, if you're a lawyer in the real estate industry, what do you need? Sal Rizzo? Another Rizzo? You guys could be. You guys could be related. You What's guys going could, on? How many Rizzo do you guys know? He could be from a different part of the boot. Are you 100 percent by the way? Like, could you be a made man? Because you no, know, I couldn't be a made man. No, you're, you're got a little Irish in me. I'm dirty. You're mixed. I'm a dirty Irishman. Why? You know what? Interesting. I feel like you know you watch Goodfellas. Yeah. Any of the the mixes that weren't 100 percent, they were always a little bit Irish. Yep. What's the deal? I don't know, man. Just I guess the continents just. They see somebody at a bar over there yeah, in between the in between the lands, and they're, they're just not, like, ah, I, don't, it, I like her accent. It's different from mine. It's it's not close. Maybe it's it's the redhead thing. I have no redhead on me or, I, or my family members. No. My buddy Jack, though, yeah, red. Your buddy Tyler is one of the funny. Is his name Tyler? Tyler, yeah, dude. Tyler Fresco. The two of you guys together should have your own TV show. So we had a podcast. Okay, Brajol Brothers. We had Rajol a Brothers. We had a podcast. Yes. It was a good time. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. What happened? It was 11 episodes in. Tyler doesn't want me to, he won't want me to disclose the final story of uh, how the team ended. But uh, I'll give you the abbreviated <sighs> PG version. We went down to New Orleans for my cousin's bachelor party. Okay. A little bit of a crazy Been time. Yeah, good time. Wild city. Uh, hated New Orleans, by the way. Right. Couldn't wait huge, to leave. I'm not a huge fan either. Couldn't wait to leave. Oh, God. It was, and the beignets are literally just Zeppelis. That's right, I said it. Beignets <laughs> are Zeppelis. Y'all are ripping off Italians. They're lighter, though. Mm. I, I mean, listen, I like Zeppelis better. I li yeah, I'm a Zeppeli guy. But the beignets, are, they're lighter. Yeah, they're yeah. lighter, they're fluffier. Yeah, they are definitely, they're, they're fluffy, they were but, nice. But they're good, bro. Give yeah. them something. Yeah, they're okay. Did you have the crawfish? Uh, I had a po' boy. It was 90% bread. You didn't do the thing where you bit the head off, suck the thing nah. out? No. Nah. No, nah, I didn't get to do that. Uh, it, was a, it was an interesting time. Uh, Tyler left a little early. Because there was a, a an incident at uh, one of the gentlemen's clubs, and uh, that's where we're gonna leave that one. That's it. That's all. That's that's. A, he came home. We told the story. Okay. And he just he uh, was a little upset that the story was out there. So even though he told it, and uh, we decided to disband the Brajol brothers. And and that was it. That was it. We've done episodes on Rizology okay. together, just hanging out, talking, laughing. Brajol Brothers was literally just us talking about life experiences, mm -hmm. dating, just Tinder, Hinge. I miss this whole thing. So before we you, get into you it, you don't right? miss it. He doesn't miss it. Before don't, we don't listen before we get into it, just sixty second high level overview of who you are, what you do. I'm just uh, I'm a regular guy from Long Island. I shoot uh, video and photography content for various brands. One of my main clients is Monster Energy. Uh, Rain Energy is. Uh, a lot of content that I shoot fitness wise. 
Uh, I've, my business has moved over primarily to shooting for small businesses, large businesses now, which I've actually embodied fully as opposed to shooting a lot of the fitness athletes now. And uh, I have a podcast called Resology where I sit down with interesting people, amazing entrepreneurs, fitness athletes, my mom, just everybody. And we just have awesome conversations about life, the things that go on and you know, your journey, your journey and your journey is very different. But at some point we've all experienced similar but different hardships. So hearing other people talk about these things and uh, explain them in detail sometimes just helps a listener go, oh, wow, I'm not alone. And I, I like doing that too. I like keeping it real. Yeah. So obviously we don't know each other well, but we, we met at OG Fitness. Yep. Got to give respect to, uh, to OG. I was in there this morning. Shouts to the homies. Doing leg jade. Did you do it? Leg I was day? not there. I, so since doing jujitsu, mm -hmm. my body, when I do the competition class on Sundays at okay. Sarah's, my body is a wreck for like two days after that. The joints are just everything. Is it oh. just a beating or you just twist it into a pretzel? And it's just everything, man. I, I can't even explain it because I've been doing the gym for so long. I've In been a good I've way? I've been doing the gym. I've been going to the gym for so long. <laughs> Fuck doing the gym. I've been going to the gym for so long that it, yeah, it's okay. Laugh, laugh at my pain. Um, that I, I'm used to being sore. This is such a different type of soreness. It's like my neck has just been in shambles because there's so many collar ties of dudes just like grabbing the neck, trying to control you and this and that. And it gets so sore from the traps all the way up to the base of the neck that like the next day, I'm, I feel like I was in a car accident. You just, you're hunched over. I'm yeah. laying on the couch. The dog comes over to me. I'm looking at him. I'm like, oh God, bro, please leave me alone. Don't, don't, don't ask to go out. I don't want to move. So I didn't go yesterday. Mm. I was going to go today. Truth be told, I don't love the leg days on Tuesdays. It's not my favorite. I like the leg days on Saturdays. That's why you gotta go though. I don't, but I don't. I just I can't get on I the, can't get into the rhythm. I don't like going to leg day. Period. Nobody likes leg day. I like leg day. I, I like leg. My day. bodybuilding years, I love leg day. But I just I make my I just make myself go. Yeah. Well, you have to sometimes. You gotta force yourself to go. But when I'm telling you, man, it's just it's so great. Have you ever done jujitsu or any? I never. So I want to be that guy. Like I want to be that guy. If you look at me and there's ever a problem, I could just bend you into a pretzel. Like, doesn't yeah. matter how big you are. I, like, I want to be that Jewish guy because typically, like, we have a lot of things we're good at, but that's not one of them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're we're not menacing people. We're not badasses. We usually we hire out for that type of shit. That's hire what, out. That's, that's what we awesome. do. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just I I just kind of like the way my joints work. And everybody I know that's into it, like all my buddies, are just like, bro, it's awesome. But like. My elbow is fucked. Yeah, well, I mean, my neck is fucked. You deal with shit. I mean, that's that's unfortunately what it's going to come down to. But I'll tell you what, the payoff, or you know, the 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 benefit of it is that you're able to be put into these uncomfortable positions yeah. and situations where, if God forbid, you ever actually have to be in that, you're a little bit less calm. Like the one of the craziest things in the world. I never did combat sports. One mm -hmm. of the craziest things in the world. Is, it's gonna sound very crazy. You strike me as a very nonviolent guy. I really am. I'm like, really, I'm very, I'm really very chill. I, even when I had problems with people, mm -hmm. I was just like, I, I feel was, like you've never gotten a situation you couldn't talk your way out of if you had to. Well, that too. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it's pretty. It's the salesman in me. That was years of sales. That was that was always what I was able to do. But um, when when somebody takes your back, pause. When somebody takes your back in jujitsu, yeah, yeah, that's right. I had to hit the pause on that one, and they they literally put their arm around your neck and yeah. they start going for like a rear naked choke. I mean, the first couple of times, it's crazy. You sit there and you, you're laying there and you're just like, <gasps> but then after like the second time, you just go, oh, okay, I got to work this out. And the yeah. third, fourth, fifth time, you're almost, you're almost like, yeah, no, 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 do it because no, I want to get better at getting out of yeah, this. you become comfortable with it. So it's pretty cool because if somebody ever grabs you like that, now it's not that first fight or flight, oh my God, what's going on? It's, 
okay, yeah, I got to keep the elbow in, pull down, make sure that they can't connect the hands over here. And then if I'm looking at them, if I can turn and look at them, they're not choking me anymore. So you, these little things that you just start to be uncomfortable for a little while, like ice baths, right? You want to get comfortable being uncomfortable. You feel uncomfortable for a little while, but then you start to kind of feel like it's normal. You're like, we're good. I wanted to get an ice bath. Mm -hmm. I rent. I did not want to be that psycho outside in the winter in my little rental area of Mm -hmm. people just going, what is this fucking lunatic doing? And me just (gasps) every morning, I just, I said, you know what? I'll go to my friend's spots. I'll go there every now and then. I'll do a cold shower. So I have a one bedroom apartment. I'm that guy. I have a one bedroom apartment okay. with three pieces of furniture in it. And one of it is a cold, one piece of furniture is a cold plunge in the middle of the living room. Oh, that's awesome. I have a couch, I have a bed, I have a dresser, and I have an ice barrel with a penguin chiller hooked up to it. You're great. And my girlfriend walks in and she's like, what is wrong with you? She's like, nothing says I have commitment issues like this apartment. He's like, Gary Brecker said that it burns all the fat. So I'm let's like, go. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, yes. yes, basically. Yes. I'm like, I'm going to live to be 140 years old. And this is what it takes. Um, you're, you're a very like ironic guy, meaning you're just like love that setup. That's great. You're super, you're super personable, but like you're super creative and you have a salesman side to you and you're, you know, basically a train killer and you're into the physical. Oh. Like, there's just there's a there's a lot, there's a lot going on there. You know what I'm saying? That normally doesn't mesh together, but you got it. I like it meshes. A, I like to do a little bit of everything. I do. I like to be proficient in a lot of different things. I've learned that. You can't always be the best at everything, but you could be good at a couple of different things. And I think just spreading out the talents and seeing what you like and what you don't like. I mean, I played tournament paintball when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I played baseball. I was horrible at soccer. That's not even take that resume and white out the soccer. Horrible. Horrible at soccer. Vertically challenged, so basketball never worked out for me. Doesn't really do well with my height. And... Um, I just, I started just trying to do new things. Like the jujitsu was new. I did bodybuilding for years. I did two shows because I was, I was 270 pre-diabetic when I was younger. Wow. Yeah. So I wanted to prove that I could do something. I did it naturally. I didn't take anything. You got a wild transformation, by the way. Since I met you maybe like a year ago, massive, massive transformation. Yeah. Good for you, man. Yeah, it was down from 230. I'm like, this morning I'm like 190. So I've been hovering between 186 and 190 for the last probably month and a half. So it's been... It's been good. I just, I had to start holding myself accountable. I had to start being more serious about my life and I didn't want to make excuses anymore. I know how to lose the weight. I know how to do these things. I just never felt like applying it because I was lazy. I think everybody ultimately does. Like I've had recent conversations with people, especially like with like TikTok and social media, like there's a lot of bullshit out there, but there's a lot of good information. Yeah. So you have a lot of people like I'm 44 years old. So a lot of my friends are like, yo, we're getting older, like shit, shit's breaking, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Bro, shit's not breaking. I was like, if you're eating, you know, bacon, egg, and cheese three times a day all day and you're 75 pounds overweight, that's the reason. Like, you don't have these problems because you're 45 years old. You have these problems because, you know, you were doing lines of cocoa strippers' asses for 10 years and, you know, you're still pounding a six-pack every other day and you eat like shit. They forgot about that. They forgot about that, that stripper. It's okay. She was forgettable. <laughs> I think it was more than one stripper. <laughs> she was forgettable. The list of strippers is, is long, but... Somewhere. Crazy. How did you get into the, the content space? Because it's, again, your personality, you are typically, and guys, you know, it, correct me if I'm wrong, typically people that are creative and like yourself and do all this type of stuff in an amazing way are typically people that don't want to necessarily be in front of the camera. Is that not true? I'd say it's 50-50. Is I'd it? say you get, you, get a, you get a blend. You get a blend of people that want to. I mean, the, the way that it started was I purchased a camera 
My dad actually got it for me for Christmas one year. You're self-taught, 100%. Self-taught. I mean, I think, I think most video creators at this point are self-taught. YouTube University is an amazing thing. You're able to learn so much just from it. You guys all right? You guys good? Okay, I'm just making sure. I, I don't, I don't, I don't dude. I'll, I'll pause. I'll do whatever you guys want. But I think that YouTube University is an amazing thing. You're able to learn so much uh, for free. And it's, it's an unbelievable asset for so many people in so many different industries. I mean, your industry, just my industry, you can learn really anything. And it's anything. pretty cool how you could just search it and it's there. So I, I, I really bought the camera because I wanted to start not necessarily a podcast, but I wanted to start something where I sat with the bodybuilders and we were able to talk to people that wait hours in line for them because my network was bodybuilding. This was in the middle of you actually being a competitive bodybuilder. No, I was done by then. This was 2017, I got my first camera. I competed in 2013 and 2014. What were you doing at that point for work? Uh, I was in college, I was in college and then I was working for Apple. Okay. So that's when I worked for Apple, uh, the retail side of things, it was, uh, Interesting. Never want to work retail again. It was a lot of retail. Really? I miss retail. No, nah, I do not miss retail. I, I do not miss my interactions. I do not miss the people. I miss the people I worked with, but I don't miss the interaction with the people. I'll tell you what's nice about retail. Okay. What's nice about retail being that now that you're like, we're entrepreneurs and we work for ourselves theory, you know, in a lot of different ways. What's different about retail is you get to go there, you get to work your shift and you get to just be done as opposed to what we do. Yeah. We're always on. It's 24 seven, 24 seven. It's just client emails, just things to do, things to remember, th setting up for the next day. It's like, you really don't ever get to, even when you turn off, you don't get to actually turn off. So it becomes tough sometimes. Yeah. I guess for me, I'm, I'm wired that way. Like if, I, if it's calm, like I only function well in total chaos. So if things are like going well, I'm like, What's going on? Like, yeah. I, I actually feel uncomfortable. Like, I need chaos all the time. Hence me having dreams about fleas and midgets and whatever. Crazy. Yuck. We had to cut it. Buying houses. You guys aren't going to be able to hear that full dream. But I understand, tell you. I understand what you're saying. For me, for me, it's like retail is reminiscent of just, I guess it's kind of similar, of, a, of an easier time. Yes. I mean, life seemed difficult and complicated back then, but it really wasn't. I mean, and it, it, it's, it's very, it's very interesting to see the difference between now and what I think is difficult now versus what I thought was difficult back then. And I guess that just goes to show the advancements of just life and the, the, the character development that you go through as you set forth on the journey of life. I sound very philosophical right now. I'm not always like this, but it's just, it's kind of crazy how you're able to, I feel like you are actually, I guess I, I'm becoming the, more, I guess I'm talking more and more about life lately. Part of the reason why I asked you is because a, I mean, I just, I love your energy Thank right? you. everywhere. I just love it. I'm like, this is a good guy. We got to sit down. We got to chop it up. And I feel like he has, you know, a bunch of gems to just share with the world that people need to hear. And then B, any of the clips I've seen from your podcast, whatever I listen to, like you go deep, my friend, Yeah, you go deep. I try to go deep, but keep it real. There's a lot of podcasts that I've seen that they'll, they almost say things just to get a clip out of it. And they, the, the conversation isn't authentic. And they're just saying things to just say them and to be the most emotional human being on the planet because people just connect with emotional behavior. So it's like, when I watch those, I don't go, oh shit, that's deep. I go, man, you're corny, bro. Like, so for me, I always wanna keep the conversation real. Like. I always want to be authentic. The people that I sit down with, I always want them to be authentic because I feel like we're in a, a time period where social media has allowed so many unauthentic individuals to gain popularity and spotlight fandom. Yeah. And they should never have had that ability to do that. But because they prey on the emotionality of everything that they talk about, 
and it doesn't even have to be real. They just say things to say things. They got the spotlight. For me, there's a resurgence of people being real. Mm -hmm. People are tired of being muzzled and not being able to say what they actually truly feel in life. They're tired of just like not having the real authenticity come through in, in the things that they say or the things that they do. So I've always embraced that with the people I hang out with, with the things that I talk about with people that I have on the show or your show, you know, like I always want to keep that side to me because I'm seeing that that content is becoming more and more relevant now, as opposed to the over emotional, the yeah. over motivational. It's like, yo, just, we know you're icing this cake. Just chill out. We know it. I think people can sense bullshit. The interesting thing about it is we've actually been talking about these kind of clips uh, lately, but they do exceptionally well. Yeah, they do. It is wild. And I don't really understand. Well, think about why the, why people still watch the news. What, what, what reason do people still have to watch the news? I don't care if you're left. I don't care if you're right. It doesn't matter. Like politics aside, doesn't matter to anybody. Why do people still watch the news? It's like all sensationalism bullshit and they do it to rally you up emotionally. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. So like one, one site, one, one news channel that supports the views that you believe, mm -hmm. they're going to rally you up about the other person and the other people that you don't believe in. They're doing this. And the other news channel is going to do the same thing about the other people. It's just, unfortunately, the sensationalism comes through and so many people get emotionally attached to it that these clips where the authenticity might not be there, mm. people just, they get riled up. They either get riled up to retaliate and comment and work their thumbs out, or they get riled up and they just want to, I need to see more of this. Like, where, where's the next part? As opposed to the people that are real, it's a short clip saying, you know, I don't agree with this. I don't, I, I, I've always been this way. Mm. It, it's straight to the point. People aren't going to feel that same attachment. But like I said, I almost see there's like a resurgence of people going, I want the real now because I'm tired of just being fed the fluff and the bullshit. That's maybe, interesting. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, when I think about the news and think about what you're saying before, I'm like, I was trying, I was asking myself, are people not smart enough? to realize what's going on? Do they just not want to know? Are they just so immersed in their own life and their own things that they just don't get it? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't have, I bought a TV. I haven't had a TV in 12 years. My girlfriend's <laughs> like, what the hell? You don't even have a TV? I'm like, all right, you know what? She's like, what the fuck? I'm tired of looking at this picture. This is just a painting on the wall. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even have that. A oh my God. There's a cold plunge. Like if you're gonna have a cold plunge in your living room, get me a fucking TV. So she's I, sketching on the cold plunge. I got a TV. <laughs> I got a TV because apparently you can buy a flat screen for like 50 bucks now. Yeah, basically. Haven't turned it on yet. Oh, God. Um, She's sitting there doing Hangman. She's like, when are you going to plug it in? <laughs> fuck, I forgot where I was going with Sorry, that. I'm fucking you up. <laughs> what the hell are we talking about The right news before? and the sensationalism. Oh, whoa, yeah, yeah. Whoa, 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 yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I haven't, I don't watch the news because for me, it's like, this is all bullshit. Yeah. Like, I don't, regardless of what side you're on, and I per, like, I'm not very political, but I believe most people are in the middle. Yeah. I believe we, most people have like similar, similar views. And then you have like the crazies on the left and the crazies on the right. And yeah. Everybody thinks that's all it is, but it's not. But I don't watch it because I'm like, this is all propaganda and nonsense. Yeah. I don't get worked up about anything. But because, that's, but have you, you always been that way? Probably not. You've, it's taken years of you developing yourself to not get worked up over things. No, I've always been pretty... I've already been in my own world and pretty goddamn oblivious to everything. Okay. 
Yeah. Like I, I would find that as, as we get older and we start to realize these things and we become more educated and education, no, doesn't, right. education just doesn't mean just schooling. Cause how many people do you know that go and get PhDs or even, you know, any type of degree and they're still fucking morons. Yes. It's like, you know, just because you can memorize something in a textbook Sometimes doesn't mean that you're so. actually intelligent. So yeah. you have to be well-rounded. You have to, you know, be able to converse with humans. You get, you have to be able to take accountability. If something that you think is correct and it's then proven to be wrong, you have to go, Oh, I fucked up. Like I yeah. thought that this was right, but it's not, uh, you know, hold yourself accountable. Nobody wants to be wrong anymore. Yeah. I would say when you say, are most people that stupid? I would agree that they are. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. I would agree. I would say that most people aren't as intelligent as we think they are. And kind of goes back to one of the intro points that we made. Like what is one piece of advice that you've gotten? And my mom, my mom literally told me from day one, you can't make the mistake of thinking that everybody has your brain because they don't. Yeah. No, that's very true. And it's, it's been something that stuck with me. Like when people are going crazy over something or somebody does something stupid, it's like you, you get riled up for a second because you expect them to think the same way that you do. And then you go, oh, wait, forget it. It's cool. I, it's, we're on different. Let me, let me explain this to you or, 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 or let me just like it's not even worth the time because you're not even going to understand. That's comments. Sometimes people will comment on social clips that I put out. And I just, I won't even, I won't even go back and forth with them. There's no reason to. They're set in their belief system. No matter what I say, I could present you 10 documents that say what you just said is incorrect, mm. but because they're so set in what they believe, they're not good. They don't want to hear it. They, I'm right. You're wrong. And I'm just going to keep everything you say. I'm going to keep commenting right back to you more shit that doesn't make sense. So I just go, I literally just say, okay, when people comment shit on me and they just, they want to debate back and forth. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Whatever you say, you're allowed to believe what you want. It's cool. Don't worry about it. But like, I can't convince you and I'm not going to try. I'm not going to waste my finger space. Yeah. I, um, I don't comment at all. That's good and bad though. Cause I then, don't... cause then you want, you want the engagement, you want some interaction. So I think just being selective of who you're chirping back at in a good way. I comment like, I mean, you're, you're an expert in this, so I would appreciate any of the feedback. I comment on the positive stuff when there's like hardcore negative stuff. I don't even go into it. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I just, I just, I don't even, I don't say anything. I yeah. just let it go. Oh, yeah. I don't pour, I don't like to pour gasoline on anything negative. I've, I don't know if you know Andre Ferguson. I've had, I've had Andre on my podcast a lot. Right He's now. one of the big names in the fitness industry. Okay. Um, men's physique athlete, very well known in the, in the space. Uh, his biggest thing is he just go, he just says, I, 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 I what they've left as a comment on my page says more about them than it ever does about me. Yeah. So I leave it there. I got nothing to say to them. He's like, and then if they keep going or they become crazy, disrespectful or anything like that, he goes, I give them the block party. Yeah. We're serving dirty hot dog water. Yeah. The same music on repeat. You guys can go over there. So I've taken that from, from, um, from Andre and just been like, that's something I got to run with. No, it makes sense. Yeah. I, um, I'm interested on the content creating side, right? Because we kind of skipped over it. It's like you picked up a camera Mm -hmm. seven years ago and then all of a sudden you're shooting for huge brands and with some of the biggest athletes in the fitness industry yeah fill me in on the middle on how that happens i think it's networking it's just really networking you can attest to that in your space and, and what you do uh networking is huge just being people person and just coming into interactions with people with good vibes because there's so many bad vibes out there that like you meet somebody, they not necessarily they rub you the wrong way, but you just feel it. You're just like, mm, I'm, I'm okay with like just meeting this person here and, and leaving this interaction right here. But how many times can you say like, I see somebody, I talk to them and I'm just like, wow, the energy is great. It's yeah. like, that's what I strive for. And that's exactly what you said with why you wanted me to come down, which I'm flattered for real. I, I appreciate that. Um, so essentially what happened was I bought the camera. I wanted to do my own little show. 
talking to the bodybuilders, putting it, putting the content out there. And then my ex-girlfriend asked me for a video at the gym. She's like, Hey, you can practice your editing for gym videos and this and that. I said, okay, makes sense. I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't considering myself a videographer. I wasn't charging. I wasn't doing anything. So I said, all right, cool. Made her a video. And because I was friends with all the pros, one guy asked me for a video. Then another guy asked me, then the supplement company started asking me and it, it just, I started getting a name for myself. And then, uh, it kind of transitioned into, I started working with Kai Green. So I was Kai Green's videographer for a long time. How did you meet him? Uh, it was just his manager reached out and said, I, I need somebody to do videos. And we kept a really good relationship from 2018, you know, up till now. And it's just, we've, I went on trips with him. I did all this stuff. Awesome. And then he's sponsored by Rain. So Rain loved me and I, I shout to all, everybody at Rain. I fucked with the whole team. They're awesome. So it's like, then they wanted to put me on a separate retainer to shoot videos for them. Wow. And then just experiences my, my mom's friend he uh does a lot of stuff in broadcast and recently he asked me to go shoot a job and i shot for one of their big drug companies down in philly at a convention so it's like these things it's just snowballs it's just it's just networking it's just keeping relationships open it's talking to people i, I explained it earlier uh in the uh, hot seat questions uh muscular development who i've had a good relationship for a long time shouts to muscular development unfortunately they're stopping production of the magazine i don't know if they're going all digital but you know, just kind of the digital renaissance of, of, of life and the analog world kind of getting squeezed out at this point. But they had me shoot uh, photos from Action Bronson really? uh, because of his weight transformation. Huge Action Bronson fan for a long time. That's really Shot cool. for him. Then he asked me, he's like, yo, do you want to come and do uh, some photos at my studio and just get some content? Love to. Went there, did a video for him. He didn't ask for a video. I did a video on the side, mm -hmm. posted it, followed me reposted my video. He was like, yo, come do some stuff with me uh, for a little bit, you know, for the next couple of weeks on the regular. I said, cool. And we formed a relationship. And so it's like, it's just having good vibes, having good intentions, you know, being open-minded to the experiences and the things that come your way and just taking everything with a grain of salt and as a learning experience, if it doesn't pan out to the way that you think it's going to. See, the amazing thing to me about content creation is like 10 years ago, it didn't even exist. Yeah. Now it's like, you can pick up a camera and it is a massive industry barrier to entry is very low so anybody can theoretically call themselves a videographer which is why i try not to shit on people that are new in the industry that like pick a camera up and they're just starting out it's like because at some at one point i was that way i started out with a camera shooting my girlfriend at the gym at the time so it's like everybody starts somewhere everybody everybody has to get their feet wet and figure out if they want to continue doing this or if they don't or where they where their niche is because everybody has different niches i've got friends that are uh, videographers, cinematographers that are in the car space that do sp strictly real estate mm -hmm. that do strictly stage photos for bodybuilding. So it's like, there's so many avenues that there's enough work for everybody. That's the biggest thing I, I stress to a lot of content creators, especially, um, we could be a little guarded with our clients. We could be a little bit, uh, that's human nature. I think that's, that's oh, every, without business. question, every but, business. but you have to just remember that there is tons of success and tons of money projects everything for everybody abundance theory of mentality that's and, really what and i have to remind it. myself of that sometimes because it is human nature to just like see somebody come up and be like oh what's this and you just go yo there's more there's more than enough for all of us it's cool we're we, you know you you get a client that i used to work with because i've upgraded and I'm, I'm working with different people now it's cool man best of luck i hope i hope you guys have a ton of success because i'm gonna be doing amazing things on this side now yeah i mean the, the truth really is is that the more everybody really tries to help everybody the better off everybody does oh yeah it's it's really that simple so what are, so the thing is people pick up a camera, they start getting into creating content. All of a sudden you're getting calls, the money's flowing in, but now there's the other side of it, which you were kind of touching on before, which is you have to run a business. Yeah. 
which is a totally different skill set. And I mean, I would argue that none of us were trained to do that in school. Nope. I mean, I went to a lot of college, high school, all that. I didn't learn shit about business. Still I have a business degree and didn't learn shit about still business. Still haven't had to uh, measure the degree of a triangle out in the real world yet. <laughs> Bullshit. So, you know, how are you handling that? So, because I heard what you saying before, you're, you're scaling up. There's a ton of people. That's, I guess, the one restriction about being the product. All of a sudden, you have a ton of demand. And, and what do you do with it? Because there's only one person. You're only one person. There's only yeah. 24 hours in a day. So I guess at that point, you have to make a decision, right? Do I just start charging, just up my prices and just keep it just me? Or do I now start to grow this business out? Now I have to hire people. I'm dealing with payroll, dealing with other people's personalities. Are they doing as good a job as me, et cetera? And now it's almost like you're creative, but you're not a creative anymore. You're a business owner. Yeah. And it's, do you want to be a creative or do you want to be a business owner in a creative business? I think it's a combination of everything, to be honest with you. I think it's a combination of raising your prices because that's huge. There's so many people in the creative field that undervalue what we do. 100%. And it's, it's, it, it pains me when I hear what they're charging. 100%. And why a client would think that we're going to charge $200 for a video shoot when a lot of photo shoots go for anywhere from 500 to 1,000. Like why, why am I going to charge that little for a video shoot? So I've... I've actually been interested in going into a coaching space, not just because like everybody thinks that they're a coach at this point, but there's so much money being left on tables and there's yeah. so much networking that could be getting done that you could be scaling the business up. And I think sometimes you just need that outside eye and that outside perspective to help your own business flourish and become the next level in the next stage. So, I mean, one of the things that I've struggled with is when I first started, I'd take days on a project because I got paid my, my rate, I was working my day job, and I get to take my time. Maybe I'll try this effect, maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do that. The unfortunate side of things now is because I've turned into a business owner, I have to be efficient with my time. So we gotta bang these edits out sometimes. Yeah. You can't really sit there lackadaisy and just be like, oh, well, I'm gonna take a day or two to just sit here and do that. No, we got a lot of other shit to do. And you know what I think is a really important point because when you were saying that before, just talking about the industry before, I think what a lot of people don't understand is but they don't understand why it has to cost whatever, is they don't understand what you guys do. They don't, they don't understand what goes into it. Forget about like all the time you spent and, and everything you've learned and also like the software and the cameras and all that, it's massive. The editing process, it's not the shooting. It's like the, it's the editing, it's everything else that goes into it. Like just because you shoot with somebody for an hour doesn't mean that these guys aren't gonna spend two days editing that, plus all the time and education they have, plus all the equipment and everything else. So I think the public doesn't really understand exactly what it is that, that you guys do. Yeah, and it's, it's tough because you, you have, like I said, barrier to entry is super low. You can have anybody go buy a mirrorless camera and they can consider themselves a videographer, and that's okay. You have to start somewhere, but there's a point where you start and when you actually start making money and being a, a, a entrepreneur. So at, the, at what point do you stop charging those pennies? And it's hard to go back to a client that you were charging pennies on videos to be like, hey, by the way, I have to up my rates and I have to do this, I have to do that. They're accustomed to what you were charging them initially. So some tough conversations sometimes have yeah. to be had. But I would say, you know, the biggest thing I have to send a message to with clients especially is you have to remember like a photographer used to be a separate day rate when you used to hire, let's say 15 years ago. Let's just give it an example of like an umbrella of 15, 10 to 15 years ago. A photographer used to be separate. A videographer or a cinematographer used to be separate. An editor used to be separate. A colorist, a colorist used to be separate. Yeah. A drone operator used to be separate. VFX used to be separate. 
let's see what else a gaffer and somebody that comes and sets everything up used to be separate separate lighting department sound department you get what i'm saying yeah but now because you have one individual that does everything we can expect it to just be one rate and it doesn't always yeah. go like that you have to be able to on the creative side you have to be able to understand the value that you bring your client and charge accordingly what i do with my invoices which is like just free game for some people out there i line item everything i line item the fact that i have storage costs that i'm storing your footage i line item the drone work the lighting everything because all these things add up not only in cost to do and use them but the learning that requ was required to learn how to actually utilize these pieces of equipment and then to purchase them because i don't rent my gear for my shoots it's very yeah. rare that i rent my gear for my shoots there's definitely been some pieces of equipment that I definitely didn't need to buy. I definitely could have skipped it. But, you know, B&H, you got me with those emails. Damn you. Even I like B&H. Oh, man. Those emails. They're just like, save today. I'm like, all right. Okay. Make it up in a job. Great. Nope. <laughs> so, I mean, and that's, that's actually very smart. I mean, that's, I don't know if you were trained in sales or you just inherently understand that. But... I was a classic trained salesman. Like I was trained by a guy who sold Electrolux vacuum cleaners door to door in the in the seventies. Grinding it, sales, bro. Made eighty thousand dollars a year lugging around a freaking six hundred pound vacuum or whatever the hell it was. But the point is, is like when you're selling something, you're building value. And whether you know it or not, putting those line items in there is actually building value. Like you're, if you just have one line that says video six hundred bucks or a thousand bucks or two thousand bucks or whatever it is, people aren't going to get it. Mm -hmm. But when you're breaking it down to the ridiculous and you're showing everything that goes into it. It helps. Yeah. And it's tough. You have to have, you have to have, uh, I know I keep saying it's tough. It, it is because some of these conversations and some of these interactions aren't always the way that you assume they're going to go uh, because you know your industry, the client doesn't always. So sometimes breaking it down for them helps visually to see these things. Uh, you just, you have to just keep it transparent and real. That's the biggest thing for me. And you know, if I send an invoice out and somebody says, oh, this person came in a quarter of the price or half the price, whatever it is, I just go, listen, best of luck with, you know, working with them. I, I hope the project goes great. Most of the time I get a call back and that's just, that's just kind of how it goes. It's, it, it, it's, it's the, it's the nature of just what, what we do for a living. And, you know, as far as just becoming a salesman over the years, I, I, I did retail for 10 years. Then I worked for an auto, automation company, a home AV company. I was a salesman in the Hamptons and there is where I actually learned how to break down proposals. And I, that, that definitely helped me into what I'm doing nowadays because we showed everything. We showed change orders. We did everything. But like you said, we don't really get the training in any of this. We kind of just get trial by fire when we start our own business. Yeah. You know, there are master classes and all this stuff, but to weed out the fluff and find the people that are actually giving us valuable lessons, it's pretty tough. Uh, Chris Doe, I don't know if any of you guys know Chris Doe. Chris Doe is an unbelievable person and asset for client interactions, having to deal with rebuttals invoicing how to charge and price your sales, work is he a sales trainer he's a graphic designer originally okay. by trade uh he's out in california i'll have to show you but when we when we end he's awesome i mean the dude is is he's like too smooth he'll do live action role playing in mm -hmm. his workshops and he, when the people give him rebuttals on price i mean you listen to him and you just go oh man you are like butter bro it's crazy how good he is so i've purchased a couple of his pieces of content uh to help my business go a little further. The bookkeeping side's always been a problem for me because I just, I don't know how, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I, 
truth be told, like I'm just real about it. I just, the QuickBooks side, I, I mark and track everything that I can, but I had to hire a, a, a bookkeeper recently because yeah. I just, but to go through and, and, and what, is it, what is it, um, uh, reconcile all of my bills and this and that, I just, number one, I don't have the time. Number two, I really don't have the mentality to do it. It's I'd also, rather outsource that. But it's not what you do. Exactly. Right, and, and this is what I've learned at 44 years old and I really wish I learned it earlier, which is whatever you do best, do that and then hire the best people to do everything else. And even though it's gonna cost you money in the short term, it'll it'll free you up to do what you do where you can make a lot more money and you'll be a lot happier. Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And that's, that's one of the things that I'm looking for as I actively scale up for the podcast, for my business. It's a lot of things that we have going on that over time are gonna to continue to grow and, and a lot of different avenues for uh, retainer work, which is huge. I tell, I tell all the people that I'm friends with that are in the creative fields, yeah. get the retainer clients. Yep. Give them a little bit of a break on the invoice because that is money that's coming in every, every single, single month. month. Every single you month. Know, and, and put a contingency in there, three to four months minimum. You have to keep working with me and get contracts drawn up because the amount of times I've gotten burned, especially in my earlier years, it's just it's not a pleasant thing to deal with. You learn a lot and, and you're taught a lot with the trial by fire, mm -hmm. but I try to invoke this knowledge on others before they have to deal with what I dealt with. So what is the, like, you're transitioning in the business, it sounds like you, you know, you picked up a camera, it sounded like it, it, it happened pretty fast and it just snowballed. And now you, you seem to be getting away from, you know, the sports and into what, small businesses? Yeah, small businesses, large businesses, I just, in business in general. Why the transition? Uh, better money, to be honest with you. Okay. Better money, and I don't have to deal with the egos of athletes. Really? Yeah. That's really a problem? Yeah. Oh yeah, especially in bodybuilding. You got guys that are on massive amounts of steroids. You got people that are just think that they're kings of the world, but you're the king of the world in a small niche. Just because a lot of people know you in the fitness industry doesn't mean people know you in the real world outside of that bubble. And it's just, there's a lot of people that, that are just full of themselves. And I just, I've, I've always, I've always gone based off energy. The people I surround myself with, the guests I have on the podcast, like I said earlier, it's all energy based. And I just, if, if people don't bring a really authentic, cool, relaxed energy, I just, I don't want to be around you. It don't matter how much money I'm making. Somebody can offer me a hundred thousand dollar a month contract. If the energy is off, I don't want anything. I don't want anything to do with you, bro. Cause it's gonna be more of a headache. It's gonna be more anxiety and angst that I have to deal with you. That I have to sit there and look at your face as I edit you every fucking day. It's like, I'm just, I'm just not doing it. I'm not doing it. There's, there's limited hours in the day, man. I want to, I want to, what I tell you before, I want to be in my jam jams at night. Yeah. I want to hang with the dog, play a little call of duty, get some reading in. Show Hang clip, out. Show a clip of the dog. The show, dog is freaking. Show Mr. Kenji. I love that dog. He's a good boy, yeah. and he comes with his own challenges. You know, I, he, <laughs> he does. He's a, he has epilepsy, so really? it's yeah. What so, kind of dog is that? He's a Japanese Akita. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you're, I heard when I was outside before that you have a, a big thing with Japanese culture. Love Japanese culture. I don't know what I, I must have been a samurai in my last yeah. life, or a blacksmith, something cool in in ancient. Japanese culture. I just, it must have been something cool. What is it about the Japanese culture? I don't know. It just I'm just drawn to it. I love the styles of the artwork. I love just the, the culture, the respect that everyone has for one another out there. Just no one's. It just seems like no one's better than no one. Does this come from else. your just your inherent love of martial arts? I don't have a love of martial arts. To be honest, no. I don't have a love of martial arts. Oh, you're big into the jiu-jitsu thing. That was like, I just decided to start doing something. Oh, that just just happened? Just happened. I wanted to just, I, I was cool making myself uncomfortable. I wanted to do something else besides just OG. Mm -hmm. I was tired of training like a bodybuilder. I had already gone into the functional fitness side with OG. Okay. And I said, you know what? I want to give this myself another challenge. Do something different. And I've always liked jiu-jitsu. I've always been interested in training in jiu-jitsu. But I was too much of a bitch for a long time. I was like... I'm afraid I'm going to get beat up. I don't want to do this or that. You know, the other thing that gets me about jujitsu, and maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong about it, is I feel like like somebody's 
just a glob of someone's sweat is going to land oh, in my yeah. mouth. Oh, no. He's... And I, I just, I don't know how I would handle that. Oh, no, you're accurate. You're very accurate. Yeah. You, 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 just, yeah. I'll tell you what, you forget about it and it doesn't matter to you anymore once that first sweaty rash guard oh. goes across your face like in a long cane poly. Oh, and you're just Jesus. like, you're just, and, and there's nothing right. you can do because he's got you pinned and you're just like, oh. zips my left right now. <laughs> and I pay a monthly fee to in go to this gym like, every month. In slow-mo. Yeah. The, one, of, one of the dudes had me, oh. one of the dudes had me, he was God. in top mount, had my arms pinned and I remember watching the sweat on his chin just like, the bead just going back and forth, back and forth. And oh, I was looking at it, and I was like, Jesus. That's going to go on my forehead. Right on my forehead. Yep. After that, I'm telling you. Ever in the mouth? No. No. We oh, keep, you never see? Okay. We keep that mouth shut. That. We keep that mouth shut. That is the only thing. I'm like, I'm going to get like a sweaty arm right across my mouth, and it's just, that's, that's going to be it. And sometimes, I mean, listen, sometimes you do. But I'll tell you what, it, it, I'm t it's so weird. After the first couple times that it, that it happens, you don't even care anymore because you're so fixated on, he's got my knee and he's going to try to break my knee in half. Like, I got to I gotta get out of this this move real quick. Or he's going to, he's got my arm in a really bad position. We have to start thinking. It's like human chess, it yeah. really is. It's very cool. But the people that you roll with, yeah. you have to know who you're rolling with. So like there are some people that I don't want to roll with because I know they're going to be a little too hard or they're yeah. going to go a little too crazy or they're going to sink it in too fast. I tell people all the time, I'll tap. <clears throat> I got no problem tapping. So it's sink that. If you're going to get my arm in a bad position or my knee or my leg, you sink that shit in slow. I'll, I'll give you that and we will start right from this top again. I'm, I'm cool with it. I don't, I don't, there's no ego in this for me. Now, every now and then as a male with testosterone though, you know, you're going against somebody and you're just like, you have to, you have to bring yourself back down to planet earth. You just go, you go, Oh, I'm not letting this fucking dude get me. And then you go, no, chill. Cause if he gets you and you don't tap that shit's breaking. So let's, <laughs> let's make sure we keep ourselves humble. Has that actually happened? Have you seen in class that that happened? I haven't seen it in class, but I, I just showed them outside uh, the two gentlemen that you had in prior. Yeah. Um, I showed them a video of, a, of two white belts at a tournament. And the one white belt was on top. He had the kid in a Kimura, which is when the arm starts getting bent and, and they're pulling it back. Kid wouldn't tap. So he kept pulling it, pulling it, pulling it. And all you hear is bang, snap. Arms just dead. Limp oh, bad. shit. Bad. Yeah. But that's part of the game. So it's like, everybody keeps asking me, because I'm decent. I'm not like the worst. I'm, I'm pretty good at it. So it's like, for, for a white belt, I'm pretty good at it. You know, if I'm going against higher belts, I, Listen, I understand. You started like a minute ago. Yeah, I started in May. I mean, so. this is something that has to take, to get from the point where you're the average person and you stay consistent. You go from a white belt to, what is it? Is it red belt? So No, no. So it goes white to blue. Okay. You get four stripes in between. So okay. white to blue to purple to brown to black. You know, there are people okay. that train in 15 years that just got their black belts. I was going to say. So it's like 20, 20 levels, 25 levels, whatever yeah. it is, right? Yeah, 15 years. Yeah, and I'm not in a rush. I don't. I, I, I make jokes all the time. Like, take a stripe from me so there's less expected of me. Please, take the stripe. It's gotten you in... I mean, I remember we were going to OG for six months. You're in good shape, losing weight. When you started going there, game changer. Game changer. And that's what I tell a lot of people, too. I, I explain to them that it's... It, everyone goes, oh, OG is what really transformed you. I go, no, no, no. OG definitely helped me. The, the cardio base, like everything yeah. like that. Without question, I can't take anything away from them. They got a great program over there. Love shouts to Taylor. Shouts to Evan, my Love homies. That. Love that I place. fucked with them. I fucked with them. all the trainers. Eric, everybody. Love Kim, uh, Lauren, when she was around. Love Lauren. She was great. Yep. Um, so it's like that got me in great shape. But once I started grappling and like really getting into that, yeah. I mean, it was different. It was next level for me. It's just... When you're trying to control another human being and get them in submiss submissions and do all that and control them on the ground, this and that, 
you're drenched. You're drenched because there's yeah. so much energy being expended. Yep. And I've actually had to take a step back and be able to slow my breathing, chill out a little bit, learn that, you know, if you go in, if just because you think they're going to get another move, you're going fast now and you're burning yeah. your own energy. You have to just go slow. And if they get out of what you have them in, it's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll transition to the next period. You know, you really, you have to control every aspect of your body. Otherwise you'll just, you'll burn out like that. Well, there's been a, a lot of situations where I've had my, my, my head in like a triangle choke or something like that. And mentally it's that mental battle. It's so crazy. You're telling yourself, bro, you can't breathe. Like you have to get out of this. You have to get out of this. Or you're not going to be able to get out of this dude. Like this is, this is really tight. You should tap. You should tap. And you just have to be able to just tell your mind, give me a second. I'm not dying. Just give me a second. Let me figure this out. And there's been a bunch of them where not necessarily I needed to tap because they were pulling on my arm or, or choking me out bad, but because I wasn't as deep as I, as my mind was telling me, yeah. you can move out of it a little bit. And it's, that goes, that applies to life. It's yeah. like the mind is going to constantly tell you things that aren't necessarily true. Where, uh, where did the podcast come from? Like what sparked that? And what do you think it's, it's done for you personally and done for your business? The podcast started because that was originally, I guess what I wanted to do. And uh, it's kind of weird how it just blossomed. So I originally had a podcast called The Voice and Rizzles with uh, my buddy, John Panetti. Okay. The deepest voice you've heard. <laughs> hey, guys. Like crazy, man. Blowing out speakers. Nuts. And we did something like 70 to 80 episodes. Okay. And we, did a, we had a really, wow. we had oh, a really good just, run. You've been on it. Oh, yeah. We've had a really good run. It was awesome. Uh, the issue was, and John and I you know, went over everything. We were using all my gear. It was my office. I was bringing in most of the guests. I was doing... 95% of the talking and it just became a lot for me to handle all of that by myself. Yeah. So we stopped. We're still very close. I want to have Monrosology uh, more regularly just because we had really good chemistry together. Yeah. And then I had Brajol Brothers with Tyler, 11 episodes there. I want you to bring it back. We, you know, we've been doing some Rosology episodes. Oh. Yeah, we've been doing some Rosology episodes just like bringing the Brajol Brothers a little bit back and it's been fun. It's been good. Because uh, we definitely have good banter and good back and what forth. What happened in New Orleans stays in New Orleans. Oh, I'll tell you off camera. Once these things cut, I'll tell you exactly <laughs> what fucking happened. Sorry, T. I'm letting him know. I'm just, my mind is racing because I'm thinking about all the weird shit that I, I was there three times. I was there for two Mardi Gras and a jazz fest before the hurricane and after. I saw so much fucking crazy shit. When did you there. like it better? Prior or after? Before. It was never the same. Okay. I mean, again, I haven't been there in a long time, but before the hurricane, after the hurricane, it just, it got really, really sketchy. Okay. Really sketchy. But yeah, I didn't. It was still sketchy before. I didn't love it. I mean, I'm telling you, like, I just, I didn't, I didn't, I go to. What all, did, you, did you go just for a random weekend? Or I just went for the bachelor, my cousin's bachelor party. Okay. And we had an extra seat and I said, T, come with us. Like, just come through. And he was like, I want to get on a vacation anyway, so I'll, I'll happily come down. How, how old are you? This was like recently, a couple years ago? I, I, I think I was 29. I was about to turn 30. Okay. So it was, yeah, it was only a couple of years ago. Are you a big partier or were you a big partier? No, never. No? Never. No clubs, no bars, nothing? I mean, I would go, but just because I thought that that was the way that you had to meet girls. I feel like you could dance. I feel like you got rhythm. Oh, I got rhythm. Yeah, I know. I, oh, I got rhythm. I mean, you know, you're Italian. That's, Listen, man. That's what we do. It's in my soul. Uh, I got rhythm. Without a doubt. <laughs> yeah, I, I like going out and having fun, but I just, I don't love being out 2, 3, 4 a.m. Yeah, no. Nah. I'm over it. I just, nah, I want to nah. be, I'm telling you. I can't you, do it. I need a nap. I can't make it. I can't go the distance. I want to be in my jam jams. I'm yeah. over it. Nah. I want to, so I, I'm known for the Irish exit. I'm known for the Irish exit. Known for it. There's been plenty of times where I leave the homies in the city because... Oh, you, you just literally walk out? Leave the club in the city when I was younger. I would just leave and I'd go home. They'd text me an hour later. They're like, yo, Nick, you still at the bathroom? Like, where, you said uh, you were going to the bathroom. I'd be like, I'm at home. I'm in my jam jam. Where the fuck are you? You're still there? Club was shot. Why are you still there? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm not big on, I wasn't big on tables. 
Waste of money, in my opinion. Nah, waste waste of, money. of money. I hated the table. The girls that used to come around, like the vultures nah. that would come pick the alcohol out. It's like, why? Why is your hand in our in our in our container right now? Please get that out. Don't touch that. Yeah. Why? Because you're pretty. I have to give you a drink. No, absolutely not. Talk to me for a little bit. I'll, I'll offer you a drink. I want to know what your ideal type of woman is, and I want to know how you're meeting girls now. I'm not meeting girls. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like I'm not meeting girls. I feel like I regularly either hear or see a post or something that talks about you on a date with somebody. Nah, I mean no? maybe here and there. I so I I I believe it's probably weird for girls with the podcast because they get worried that I'm going to talk about my experiences with them on the show. So I will I will tell you from personal experience that a podcast does have Social media in general does have some negative impacts on relationships. Oh, without question. Yeah. Female, female relationships. Yes. Yeah. It, is, it has absolutely happened. And what I try to explain is that I use the, um, who is that really famous? Why am I, who's the Jewish guy? Curly hair? Stern. Stern, yeah. I remember like his first marriage failed. And I remember watching one of his videos and he said, I have to bring everything in my personal life into it because that's just kind of, you know, who yeah. I am. And a lot of times there's issues with that yeah. or things are perceived differently. Or when you're doing something like this, it's not that you're not being real, but you have a certain persona mm -hmm. and sometimes that can be misconstrued by someone that you're dating. So it, it can cause problems. Yeah. It, 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 it leaches over with, without question. Um, they, it's the personal side of things. You know, they just don't want you to reveal too much. Yeah. But then again, I, the, the other argument could be said, and it's not about every girl that I've dated, but the other side could be said that they embellish too much on social media, you know, with like the pictures that they're taking, the, the attention that they're, that they're getting or garnishing, whether they want it or not, you know, it's just, yeah. it, it, it could be a double prong. I, I, I've found that social media for, for the grand scale of things has been a, a cancer in terms of just like yeah. the bad shit that gets promoted because the, like you said earlier, the, the, the over emotional, the sensationalism, all that stuff does get pushed more yeah. because it, it invokes the emotional side of things and the creeps that are going to come out and comment and, and boost up every girl's selfie because they're sitting by themselves and they're just trying to give attention to whoever, because it's easy, like, like comment, comment, you know, you don't have to actually go and converse with people and, and meet this person. Yep. Cause if you did, it would take a year to, to do the amount that these dudes do in one day of likes. So it's like, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough thing for me because I, I see the, the, the benefits of social media getting I real. Mean, it's giving you your, your career. Your yes. Life, yeah, giving, your giving real messages out yeah. getting and stuff like that, but also the burnout side of it yeah. because it becomes another job. And if you don't have the funds or the means to have somebody manage it for you and do all of that, you can, you can become very tired by it very yeah. quickly. But I feel like on the flip side, in order for it to be authentic to your point, you can't really have somebody manage it because if it's not you, yes. it's, it's not going to work. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like we post three posts a day across every single platform for the most part, except YouTube. YouTube is like two long forms a week, right? And I post every single, these guys tee them up. They do all the editing, they do an amazing job. And I post it and I, I write all the copy. And it's like, I'm almost like a slave to it. It's like, all yeah. right, eight o'clock, boom, got to go. All these 12 o'clock, boom, five o'clock, boom. But if I don't do it, it's not authentically me and I don't think it's going to, it's going to work. And then on the other side though, now the interactions, 
You have to monitor everything coming in on yeah. every platform. Dude. It's exhausting. It is. You become a slave to it. That's what I'm saying. So like that's the that's the negative part of it. It becomes a job where it was supposed to become something fun, where it was supposed to be initially something fun. And I'm not saying that it isn't fun and it can't be fun, but when it becomes a chore like that, where I have to feed into the algorithm, where I have to feed into making sure that I'm getting my content out at these specific times every single day, yeah. otherwise the algorithm goes, oh, fuck you, we're done. Like that takes the joy out of doing it and putting the content and the authentic message out now. And you're getting beat out by a girl that's taking a selfie with her underwear up her ass. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because the dudes will consistently feed that type of mentality. It's nothing against her. She knows what she's doing. Good for you. Play the algorithm. Like, just understand that that's why you're getting the attention. It's not yeah. necessarily because people are following you because you're, a, you're bringing invoking wisdom on people and you're, you're bringing amazing sides to life that people can't live without and you're, you're giving them so much knowledge, they're looking at you as a piece of meat and that's bad. That's yeah. bad in the long run. Maybe good for your bank account right now if you're monetizing it, but that's bad in the long run for you as an individual to be looked at and respected as somebody. Now listen, I, I have realized that if you look at, I, I can almost tell everything about a girl from the Instagram. I don't want to say everything, but I, I will now form a, a, a snap judgment, a, an immediate snap judgment based on Instagram. If I see a girl with tons of pictures in exotic places and this and that, oh, yeah. and there's nobody else around, yeah. I'm like, who's holding the camera? Yo, 360 that camera. I want to see Buddy. Without a I want to see Buddy funding this trip. I, that's exactly what real. I I want to see who paid for that. Yeah. How many dudes paid for How'd this? How'd you get to Carbone? No. You didn't make that reservation. That's cool. Just dude, be real. Dude, forget about that. Like, Stop taking a picture of your fucking pasta. Take a picture of Buddy. What are you doing in Dubai? Strolling through like wherever, right? And dress like that. Yes. Sweetheart, they don't like that out there. Don't do that. They don't like that. Sometimes, another Andre Ferguson quote. Sometimes you got to shrink yourself when you go to different places. You have to know the culture that you're going to. Mm -hmm. Shrink yourself. Don't act, you, don't have, you can't act the same way that you act in America in these other places sometimes. You got to really understand where you are, what's respectable, respect other people and other places, cultures, you know, it's just because you're an American and you get to travel to these, all these different places, you know, you think that there's something that's special about you. It's not when you go somewhere else, you're the outcast. Now yeah. you have to go and, and, and embrace that culture. You know, my friend Lindsay, she went to, um, where'd she go? She went to Morocco okay. and at the first couple of days that she I was there, to go there man. I would, I'd be down to go to Morocco. At the first couple of days, uh, she was there. She was getting dirty looks left and right. She told me. She's getting dirty looks left and right because oh, she, was, she was dressed because she was half naked. Yeah. It's not nothing against her. It's just like she was wearing very revealing uh, yeah, gym clothes. But that was her normal. That was her normal. Yeah. And she said, I had to go buy the proper yeah. attire for women out there. And then everybody accepted her into the culture. You got to shrink yourself. Be mm -hmm. real about it and understand. Don't just go place and be like, well, uh, I'm going to take my content and do this and do that. And everyone should just accept me. doesn't work like that. Just because you're accepted across all continents on social media, when you actually get there, it may not be the same thing. If that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, you think you're going to end up with an Italian girl or an, or an Asian girl? It's going to be one of the two, I think. I don't know. I might have to find a Spanish girl, man, at, no, this, at this rate. No, I got to find something. No, don't do that. Don't do that? <laughs> no, 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 don't do that. Yeah. I've already, I've, I've already worked that, walked that path for both of us. I don't know, to be honest with you. I, I, I don't care. To be real with you, I don't care what my future wife, what my future girlfriend, I don't care who, what they are. What's your I care about, girl? I care about their ideals and, yeah. and, and their, their moral compass. I, I, as I've gotten older now, I've been more interested in people that are down to earth, not as showy. My last girlfriend, she barely had social media. I love that. And I'm not saying that I, I love that because she's not out there or not doing anything like that, but it's just nice to be able to keep things between us and yeah. things aren't, everything isn't public.
And I just, as we're advancing in whatever the world is giving us, because things are changing pretty rapidly on a grand scale, and we really don't know what the next 10 years will bring, five years. And it could be uneasy when you think about it like that, and it could be weird, but I know that I want somebody that has good moral compass, good values, just down to earth. I don't need a, a, a dime 10. I don't need these model chicks because at the end of the day, it's going to be more of a headache than it's worth. And I think finding somebody that has family values, core, core values of just being a good human, that's harder to find nowadays than anything. I just want to find somebody that's a good person. Good person. I don't care if you're Asian, white, black. Don't matter. It doesn't matter to me. As long as you're a good person, like that to me is a good sign that we'll get along. Because at the end of the day, I'm just I'm a regular dude. I really am. I'm just a regular dude that just likes to have fun with mm -hmm. good people, that, you know, hangs out with the dog, plays video games, shoots content, gets to do things like this on a, a, a Tuesday. I mean, I'm very fortunate that I'm in this situation that I'm able to do this because yeah. there's a lot of people that have to go to the nine to five, that have to slave away at the job, that have to take the train to the city. And I've, I've set my, my chess pieces up, my life, to where I don't have to do that. Amazing so, thing, isn't it? Yeah. And, and listen, I, I don't need a grinder. I don't need somebody that's like an entrepreneur, a boss woman, all this shit. I just want somebody that's... Down to earth. That's really what it comes wouldn't down to. Wouldn't hurt if she had a little bit of a butt, though. Huh? Wouldn't hurt if she had a little bit of a butt, though. Oh, come on. Yeah, I mean, we're Italian. But we build that up. It's okay. We bring them, we bring them to all the specific classes. There you go. She does the leg days on Tuesdays. We're good. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I think I got dog hair on my face, by the way. Uh, listen, Kenji man, hair. I've, I've had an awesome time with you. I really appreciate you coming down. I appreciate you. Very cool to like get to know you on, on a deeper level, and, and I hope that continues. Um, for anybody out there who's, who has a small business, who's looking to hire somebody like yourself, you do amazing work. I've, I've flipped through. I've seen a bunch of stuff that you're doing both on the photography side, on the videography side. Uh, art as well, correct? Oh, uh, no. That wasn't you? No, no, not me. Not yet. Might have some stuff coming down the line. How some did, cool stuff. How do they speak to the camera? How do, uh, how do they get in touch with you? How do they reach out to you? Uh, you can hit me up on Instagram, Nikki underscore Rizzles, R-I-Z-Z-L-E-S. And um, yeah, all my information's right there. You can shoot me an email through the page. Uh, websites, rizzlesproductions.com. I'd be lying if I said it's definitely 110% with all my work up there. Sometimes you get a little lazy and you use Instagram as your uh, portfolio and uh, to consistently post on there instead of uploading everything to the website, but a lot of contact information on there as well. And uh, yeah, just hit me up if you have any questions or you have a project that you think I may be a fit for. And even if it's something that you just need some consulting on, I'm all ears. If it has to smell like cat pee, it's dated from the 1960s. Six inches of mold on the wall, human waste floating past the basement steps. I'm quick. I'm easy. I'm a good time. I want to buy it. 516-777-SOLD. That's a wrap. Mm -hmm.